1: Yeah, you blunt. No you to try to sweet talk me, Miss Garland. I knows you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was gonna love me? Who, who was gonna make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets your shit.
0: I got a two inch thick Silo in steak sit sitting defrosting right this minute. When you and Guy come over and supper with us tonight, what do you say? No. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Best Supporting Podcast. A podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite best supporting actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and these are godless times, Mrs. Snell.
1: And my name is Colin Drucker, and I liked it. I liked it.
0: Yeah, it's like the <laughs> the, the companion piece to Sally Field's acceptance speech. Right, you know right,
1: what I mean? Right, right. <laughs> you like me? You really like me? I liked it. I liked oh, yes. it. Ugh. Oh. Ugh. Oh. Well, she's the best. She's the best. I mean, she wasn't the best supporting actress that year, but we'll get into it. But today we are here to talk about Piper Laurie and others in the original Carrie. Yes. I
0: have this, what is that um, feeling that you've done something before, but you really haven't? What is that called? Deja vu? Yeah, there's that. But there's another, (laughs) like, um, Mandela effect
1: that's what it is. Oh, oh, is yeah. What, of course, yeah. Mandela effect is where it's like, you know, I remember as the Berenstain bears, you remember as the Berenstain bears. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. of course. So, so. I'm ha- maybe that doesn't thing. quite
0: align with what I'm feeling though. But here's: I was planning to do a Carrie episode on the No Good Very Bad Gay with my friend Kate, and we never, um, we never made it happen. So Kate, if you're listening, <laughs> you know I'm doing it now. But uh, love you. But I feel like you and I did an episode, but I guess no, we never did. We never talked about Carrie. I just feel like we had before, but really, I think it was just well, you and Johnny on All Right, Mary, right?
1: I think that we have just to, you know, you're not okay. crazy. You're not crazy, but we very likely talked about this performance when we talked about Beatrice Strait in Network. Yes. Because she won that year. And I think that, I feel like, I mean, I know I've talked about, I mean, talking about Beatrice Strait on In the Details. I know I've talked about Piper Laurie, so I would imagine if we talked about Beatrice Strait here, she would have come up in conversation. Um, That's probably what it is. I I think that's all it is. Um, But maybe in another life... You know, you were Piper Laurie, and what you're remembering <laughs> is your return to Hollywood after many years uh, to play Margaret White. I think that's what there it is. There we
0: go. I mean, it's it's destiny, really.
1: Yeah. Granted, she's, I think she's still alive today, so that does make things a little she is, awkward. Yeah, I know, yeah. right? Well, yeah. I guess
0: let me kick things off, Colin, because I know you have, a, I would imagine, a long history with this movie. What is your relationship with Carrie? When did you first see it?
1: I think she and I go way back to high school. Yeah, ironically enough, yeah, Carrie and I see um, Dubs, and I—I <laughs> I think it was just one of those early cataloging things when I started watching horror movies. It was like, of course, watch Carrie, and kind of like when we talked about Psycho last week. It's again one of those movies where you know about Carrie at the prom. You know what I mean? Like, yes, you know it as a as a cultural reference, even if you haven't seen the movie. And so, uh, yeah, and I remember. Seeing it, I guess yeah, probably in high school or even younger, and it was. There's definitely a lot of it that it took me a long time to appreciate. It's a weird little movie, like it's a, yes, it's a Theraflu yes. movie. It's a oh man, I took cold medicine. And I don't know what's going on, kind of movie. But I can definitely say that that ending, the first time I saw it when that hand came out of the ground, it got me, gal. It totally got me. It doesn't get me anymore. But oh, the first time I uh, yeah, I lost my croissant, But I, you, you almost know, dropped I your croissant. <laughs> 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 exactly. <laughs>
0: yes. Just had to throw it in there, you know.
1: Thank you. Thank yes. you. I appreciate the the, the vine deep cuts. Yes. Um but I, you know, and I will say up front that this is probably my favorite movie ending or in the top 3 of my favorite movie endings. So that's yes. th- that's how I'm approaching Carrie. Maybe
0: that's part of my Mandela effects, the pieces of me putting that together, because I know this was included in your, you know, top five bonkers movie endings episode of In the Details. I just feel like maybe that's why I'm, I am didn't have a conversation with you, but in my mind I did. Maybe that's
1: part of it, sure, too. Sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. At, at least, you know, you're remembering half of a conversation about Carrie. Yeah, um, yeah, I I love this ending. I mean, and I know I'm getting to the ending in the first, you know, beginning of the That's episode, okay. So we'll get to it, but it's ugh, it it's the Tony and hereditary of endings. Well that being said, uh I I uh, I tossed it back to you. What's your experience with Miss Carrie?
0: Miss Carrie, I I think it first came across like like I was saying before. I was planning on doing an episode of this for the No Good Very Bad Gay podcast, which is now you know just maybe not extinct, but like in a you know in a in a coma for now. Maybe not the best yeah. you know, way to phrase that, but who knows? Who knows? But anyway, I remember I was like, well, I think I should read the book because it's a it's a it's a perfect sort of uh, length of book. It's like this thin little guy, and I took it with yeah. me when we went to. Um, we went to Italy in twenty nineteen and I remember reading it on the train from Naples to Rome, you know, as one does. As you do, yeah. <laughs> but I remember I was I was stressed out because we were with, we were with Keon's parents and we were just talking about this story the other day we were, um, we took a cab from the Amalfi Coast to Naples to, to the airport. And for whatever reason, the cab driver, like clearly we were all tourists, but he gave me his card, his like business card. And he was like, if you ever need it. And I was like, all right. And I, we got all of our luggage. We went into the, oh, it wasn't the airport. It was the train station. Sorry. And Keon left his cell phone in the back seat of the cab. And truly a nightmare situation when he realized it. But I was like, wait, I have the card. And like, thank God he did. I I don't even know what we would have done. It would have been catastrophic, I think. Because how would we have ever... And maybe that's why he gave it to us, because people leave shit in his car, and then there's no way to like track him down. So maybe it makes sense that he gave us the card. But isn't that wild?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's something kind of... Psychic about that, like he saw you and he was like, "Ah, oh, I see uh, some loose pockets." And, you I know. know right? He knew, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and that's yeah. crazy.
0: <laughs> it was so it was very stressful, and I remember we finally got on the train, and there was one ticket. There were three tickets let like on one side of the train and one ticket on the other, and I took the other side because I was like, "I need a break from the drama. Mm-hmm. I just need to like sit here with Carrie," and it actually brought me a lot of peace reading that book. <laughs> uh, oh, but yeah, I read the yeah. book. And um, a great book. I don't remember much of it now, of course. It's two years later. Three, two, yeah. Um, but then, of course, I watched the movie. And I think, you know, I, much like anyone else knows the prom scene, but I had really not been aware of Piper Laurie and how brilliant she was in this movie. She is in this movie. And I don't know, man. Like, I I sound like uh, Babs, man. Um, man, I don't man, know, man. I don't know, man. <laughs> Um, like the Beatrice Strait versus Piper Laurie, like that's a conversation because they both bring so much. And I know network was the big movie that year, but like, wouldn't you love, I mean, here's, here's the other thing, Colin, now that we're talking about Carrie, Piper Laurie is going to be up for a Weston next year,
1: you know? Doesn't that feel nice? Doesn't that, that feel nice? That it feels good. Doesn't that feel really good? You know, it feels good to make, to put her in consideration. Every time we talk about one of these ladies, they go into consideration for the Westons. And You know, <clears throat> I do remember, and I think when we talked about Beatrice Strait, this came up, we did talk about a world where Beatrice Strait played Margaret <laughs> yes, White and yes. Piper Laurie played Louise. <laughs> oh, and I mean. I think, yeah, I still haven't found my wig, you know? <laughs>
0: That's the BSA Smackdown that I I want to have. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I can't remember yeah. what else was that year. But those, you know, the, the two oh. redheads, just really, I would love to see it.
1: Well, I can tell you who else because it's an interesting mix. Um, so Jodie Foster for Taxi Driver. Oh, yeah. Uh, Lee Grant, who, of course, won the following year for Shampoo, which we've discussed uh, and that was in the era of when we started doing movies we didn't want to do. Uh, and, but yeah, this was the dark for a called War- yeah. yeah, The Dark Times, The Orient Express Times. Um, <laughs> and that was for Voyage of the Damned. And Weston double inductee Jane Alexander. <sighs> Best supporting kit uh, what was it, kitchen acting and assistant to the BSA. Yes. She was nominated for all the presidents' men. And so the okay. four of them had lost out to B in, in Network. I mean, you know, listen, I'm coming in with my I'm coming in with a with the straight crest on, which is kind of ironic. You know, I I, I stand for Beatrice, but I understand that among the other four, Piper Laurie is probably her biggest competition.
0: I mean, after watching it again, I was like, it sounds blasphemous to say, but like, should it have gone to Piper Laurie?
1: I, oh, we're getting played off! Oh my oh, God, we're getting played he's off! Like, well, How folks, did it happen? We had a good run.
0: I'll see you at the Westons. Yep. We're looking for a we new may- co-host this year.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I so mean, the Westons has now become the search for the next yes. co-host.
0: I mean, go we, on, go on. We had this. Um, it's kind of a fun. I think it's a really fun game. It probably got annoying after like twenty-five minutes of me. Just like asking these questions, but somehow we made up this game on the spot at a party last weekend of just listing people versus people, uh, like actresses versus actresses, um, mm-hmm. movies versus movies, uh, you know, and we had um, one of them. I, I know where you'll probably fall, but one of them was ABBA versus, uh, Ooh, it's the person you or the band that you covered when you were on the No
1: Good, Very Bad Gay podcast. Oh, the, DB, the why you do this to me? Oh my gosh, Ace of Base! How Ace could of you base. put was ABBA Ace against Ace of Base? Oh, it was oh. a
0: hotly contested. Do you like ABBA? I can't remember.
1: I you... love ABBA. Okay, oh, I so think that's ABBA... like this is the
0: game then. Yeah, it's a, yeah. and you get to choose. And it was it was it was heated. It was a group of gays and gals, and
1: we were you know there was bloodshed that night. Oh, I can't even, I can't even answer that question. Maybe on the Best Supporting After Show. I. That's a terrible question. Um. I mean, I think if I, you know, I think if if Push came to shove, even Ace of Base would be like, we wouldn't exist if ABBA didn't exist. You know what I mean? Very like that, true. But you, you gotta, you know, to quote Miss Royale, you gotta know where this music's coming from. And I <laughs> think, uh, you know, it doesn't get any better than that. And I... I would have to pick ABBA, but only out of respect for the foundational efforts that they gave to Ace sure. of Sure,
0: yeah. I mean, I would be ABBA... Just uh, for the sake of me not having the catalog of Ace of Base in my brain. But but that's, I mean, this is the other, you know, it's it's Beatrice Strait versus Piper Laurie or maybe Ruth Gordon versus Beatrice Strait. It's like, those are good, like, best supporting after show little games mm-hmm. we can play. I think that would be fun. All right. Writing that
1: down. Yeah. That so we down. get your our own best supporting SmackDown. Yes. Uh, yeah. All right. All right. We That's something to think about. And it sounds like if it were to come up with Piper Laurie versus Beatrice Strait, somebody is team Piper, Roddy Roddy Piper over here. I
0: mean, my, my, if if I had like an opening statement, I, I, I mean, it's, it's, of course, apples and oranges of, like, screen time. You know, what more yes. could we... This would be a total different conversation if both of them are one scene queens. So obviously, we get more of Piper Lori too. But, like, I thir- like I, I. think this is only my second time seeing Carrie. So, um, you know, maybe I need to see it a couple more times and then watch Network again. I mean, just her scene, really, too. But I was just so into Piper Laurie. I, I can't, like, I couldn't get enough of her, and, like, I, I remembered, I, I didn't remember her being on screen so much. And, again, it's just, like, when all her scenes with Carrie, just seeing, it's like the, you know, the Hannibal Lecter and Clarice scenes. Like, it's like, yes, mm-hmm. this is what I came here for. Let's just yeah. stay in this
1: house. Yeah, the movie, it, like, it slows, it very much like Sound of the Lambs. There's this, this, pace to it, this intensity to those moments where you're, like, watching every micro-movement, every little interaction, like, all of their scenes, almost all of Margaret's scenes take place in that house. That house is, like, it's, like, stepping into a different world, you know? Yes. Uh, it reminds me very much of the house in August, Osage County, where it's, like, the curtains are always closed. It's just, like, you're shutting out the world. And it's, uh, yeah, it, it's... Also, I think what I love about it maybe the most is that like Margaret White is just tiptoeing on the line of camp the whole time and never crossing over.
0: Yes, expert level of that. You know, we talked about Melissa Leo and the fighter too, but I think Melissa Leo has one more toe over the line further than maybe a couple toes. But again, I I dig it. I dig it a lot, and I think that's like Mm -hmm. the balance between this is like. as far as Piper Laurie, the yin and yang of camp and like really fucking good acting. Like it is just beyond like a great entrance, like her in that like Cape just like skipping over to Mrs. Snell's house. I'm like, this is, this is it. This is, this might be one of my like top five performances.
1: Wow. I know. And I
0: never, I didn't even see it coming. But after yeah. I watched it again, I was just like, I was also stoned. Let's let's be honest. Like but when I watched this too, I'm, I was like, in a perfect Let that mindset. Yeah, That's and I perfect. was just like, oh my uh, Yeah, I mean, we're gonna get into it, but yeah, uh, I, I could go on. I could go on, but maybe I'll hold my thoughts until we, yeah. we get to the
1: moments. Well, and and you know, it's funny. I I hear you. It's like oh how much she's in the movie, my takeaway this time watching it was like, oh, she's in less scenes than I remembered. Um, oh, and, and I think that that, that is also kind of the Hannibal Lecter effect. If he's actually in the movie for like less than a half hour, uh, but you remember him being in the movie more. And I feel the same way about Margaret White. Like I think she has all told, I would say four scenes, five scenes. Like, most of the most of the movie takes place either in Carrie's life or just in the high school in general. Um, but that's, you know, that's what people quote from this movie. That's what people remember. Like, you know, it, other than the prom scene, obviously. Uh, but I even think, you know, uh, just a little, you know, deep tease, I think the scenes in the house are actually... Scarier than the prom scene. I think the prom scene is a real like spectacle, but I think the scenes in the house are scarier.
0: Agreed, agreed. It's like, it's almost like Psycho. Like the shower, the shower scene isn't as scary. I mean, it, it was probably for the time, but I was like, you know, the knife, the knife work in that scene. You know what I mean? They're like stabbing Mary. Sure. They're clearly not stabbing <laughs> Mary. Yeah, Marian? yeah,
1: Marian, yeah. Um, yep.
0: So yeah, but like the idea of It's something, you know, in in Nick's book of, like, horror tropes that he likes and he doesn't like. um, I don't really love... I do like the fact that she's able to go to school and escape the house. If she was in the house and couldn't get out, like, that's where I start to sweat a little bit. Yeah, I don't like people being held captive. I don't... You know, it's not pleasant for anyone to watch, but I know there are movies out there like that that I just... Oof, I can't. But um, agreed. I think that she... Because it's it's uh, Margaret is so volatile and like anything can trigger her. But I think what, what I noticed this time around too, is that the dynamic shifts like halfway through the movie, like she is afraid of Carrie. She knows what she can do. You know, you see little bits at the beginning and then, you know, even as she's getting ready for prom, I mean, I, I I want that still of her just laying on the bed, just like stiff as a board, just like staring up at her.
1: Oh right, I love it. It's so
0: wacky and like, honestly, like, whoever did Piper Laurie's hair for Carrie, I know that seems like such a small nuance, but, like, It's just taken care of enough, but you can tell she doesn't give a shit about, like, fancy shampoos and stuff. You know, she's not Mm -hmm. putting an effort in because she just needs a bar of soap, and that's it. You know
1: what I mean? Right, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She uses the bar of soap for everything. Yes. Uh, I I agree. I think that the dynamic between the two of them is really fascinating, and the way that if it was just – margaret being domine- domineering and abusive the entire time till the end it would get exhausting but i love that you know part of it i think is that this movie kind of zips by like i had paused it it at one point a half a half hour in i was like oh fuck we're like we're rocking and rolling over here yes but I love it. uh i love that but it, it it she becomes aware of carrie's powers pretty early on and when Carrie decides to go to the prom, I mean, this is really a credit to like Sissy Spacek also Oscar nominated when she says, I'm going mama and you can't stop me. And I don't want to talk about it anymore. And it's just like work bitch. Like it's just so gratifying. And it's, it it does in a way kind of make you want to just see more of their home life now, you know, like, cause I could just watch Margaret navigate those waters, you know, for most of this movie
0: yeah i want to see margaret white at the grocery store you know what i mean like what does oh, that look yeah.
1: like uh, mm-hmm. i just mm-hmm.
0: where does what does she do uh what is her daily life like i don't think she does she work or is she just like you know a woman of I, a think just,
1: <laughs> just I think the it's just just the door Lord, to door yeah. yeah yeah i assume and i i mean and she's sewing so i feel like maybe she does she's a seamstress mm-hmm. as well maybe mm-hmm. she does mm-hmm. some stuff for people uh, and I'm, I, it probably goes into greater detail in the book. I read the book also like a million years ago, and I remember really liking it. And I love the ending. I love. I mean, obviously, the book. There's so much more destruction that happens to the town, but I liked Sue's involvement in the ending. Like, uh, I won't. Well, I won't spoil the book, but the ending is just like, oh, the book is old. If you haven't read it, it's too yeah, late, baby. Go for it. So, go at, for at the it. end of the book, she. So, at the end of the book, Sue has. You know finds Carrie like bleeding by the side of the road or something um, by the side of a field. And she finds her and they have this like tele, not teleconnect but like they're speaking through their minds, you know yes. what I mean? And eventually Carrie dies in her arms. And if I'm remembering correctly, the l- end of that chapter is Sue Snell running through a field, screaming and menstruating. <laughs> yeah, And I just, Right, and it's just like, and I know there's at least I, the screaming I may have added, but I know that she starts menstruating at the end of that chapter—not starts, but you know, uh, it's not like for the first time ever. But yes. yeah, it's just like, and I just love that. I love the wraparound of that, and and I just think that's so brilliant compared to the beginning of the of the story. So as much as I love the ending in the movie, there are elements of the book that I think are still superior.
0: Yeah, I, it's funny that you bring up like. Uh just like womanhood, I guess, and like teenage womanhood. And because it's 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 our entry point into the movie and, and, you know, in the book too, it seems like it's one of the things that wrap up. It's like a full circle moment. But like we have to talk about the score too because the music is oh. great. It's that little like yes. just that flute solo and like how sad it is in a way, but like kind of hopeful. The score was written by Pino Donaggio. <laughs> Uh, Which is a great Italian uh, name. Pino Donagio.
1: I love Pino. Oh, Pino. I love Pino. Oh, Pino. Pino and I, yeah. Um, Um, But I I,
0: I remembered that, you know, in, in the... I mean, I, of course, have no interest in it, really, but I'm fascinated by the opening. Like, how did this fly in the 70s? Just full frontal, like... Girls in a locker room in slow motion. It's not even like it's like a okay. We're just gonna establish that they're in a the locker room. It's like no. We're gonna take our time here, and we're just gonna really zoom in on this. What do you what do you think of that? It does is it uncomfortable? Do you love it? Is it just art? You know, what's the purpose?
1: I I love it. I don't think it's exploit exploitative. I think it is on purpose. I think yeah. I think it's trying to create the locker room fantasy and you know, what people men in particular obviously think happens in locker rooms and certainly the fantasy at that time. And it's, you know, snapping towels at each other and running around naked and just all of that. And it just looks like porn and, I think it creates such a stark contrast to Carrie who we even meet in the same way as, you know, it it's it's like softcore porn. She's it's slow motion. She's, you know, rubbing her breasts, she's ru- rubbing the soap along her leg, and then I think much like her experience like the the startling reality of the blood for her, I think we experience that same jarring shift from fantasy to nightmare. Yeah. And the nightmare being obviously everybody throwing pads at her and screaming, plug it up, you know, um, and her thinking that she's dying because she doesn't know what this is. And it's, and, and then, I mean, credit to Sissy Spacek. I feel like she looks like a fucking alien, like yes. running around screaming, help me. And it's just like the fantasy is just completely broken. And I think that especially in this story uh, all about high school, where the stakes are as high as, The prom you know and uh i guess just like that whole world you know i i feel like if this was just like a high school comedy this scene would be played just for the fantasy and or you know or just be played you know to show off the tits and the ass and the bush and all that and so i like that it's taking that trope and then kind of showing the like the underbelly i guess of it all yeah
0: it's frightening in a way. You, you know, you feel so bad for her, and and of course, I mean, this segues perfectly into meeting Miss Collins, Betty yeah. Buckley.
1: First film role, Betty Buckley. Betty Buckley. I mean, listen, uh, listen, Linda. Be- Betty Buckley. Like Piper Laurie is the queen of this movie, but uh, assistant to the BSA, Betty fucking Buckley.
0: Yeah. So many bonkers moments with her like all of the physical violence I love a good slap um Mm -hmm. and I I, in no world would this ever like be able to fly this day and age like this stuff that she pulls to but a crucial like part of the fabric of this movie and I love that it's Betty Buckley out of all people I just like love that
1: Yeah, I so when because she was in Cats in what like nineteen eighty, so this is like pre Cats, right?
0: Uh, I would imagine so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you know she was also a Norma Desmond uh, as well in Sunset. Right. Um, So yeah, a Broadway legend in every sense of the word.
1: Absolutely right. I just you know I I'm sure she. This is you know it's not like oh who's this who's this kid Betty? Like people knew who she was, but it it is her first movie. she is, I think she, I've always liked her in this. It breaks my heart that her character dies in this because she survives in the book, uh, which I I get why, like I get the impact of, of having her character die, but I think this time around, there's such a focus on her this time and she's so sympathetic and she's so, like, I just, it's like, ugh, why? Like that's the biggest tragedy to me, honestly, is that Miss Collins dies.
0: Yeah, I think I would. Yeah, there's something about do you think that in Carrie's mind as she's looking out into the audience and sees Miss Collins that like she imagines that she's laughing even though she isn't, you know, is that part of her fantasy of like Mm -hmm. everyone's laughing, even Miss Collins, how dare she? Goodbye. You know, I I don't know if she ever was laughing because it just doesn't seem in character. It doesn't
1: yeah I, and this was something that it took me a while to kind of fully appreciate that it, and which was such a a really smart commentary in the movie that when this actually happens, most people don't laugh. really, Norma is the only person to laugh, yeah, but Everybody else, I mean, I love, there's, I don't, I don't know what her name is, but I call her Carrie's prom friend, but it's that girl who's like, where did you get this dress? Yes. Oh, you can come sit with us. And then she's the one to put the crown on her. Like, she's a lovely featured extra, you know, uh, so to speak. But you see her and her date next to Norma and they're just like not laughing and, and oh, well, the best. I mean, there's a shot of Miss Collins when this happens, like the authentic reaction and Like, give the Tony to Betty Buckley now. Like, the look of devastation on her face is, oh, I put it on a tote bag. Put it on a sheet cake so I can eat it. It's just so good. (laughs) But then I think Carrie is having that experience that I think is so true, I think, for so many of us who did not have good high school experiences, is that, like, most people don't even care about who you are. They don't even know who you are. They're happy for you to win. There's only a handful of people that are, you know, who are bullies, you know what I mean? But like, yeah. this, and granted we see widespread teasing in the locker room, but that's true of high school too. A lot of people are like Sue where they just get caught up in something or they just want to fit in. And if fitting in now means clapping for Carrie and being happy, for are great. They just want to fit in. And, um, so I don't think, I remember the first time I saw this, I thought that everyone actually was laughing at her. And I thought, Oh man, Miss Collins, I don't get it. How is this funny? But, that's the even worse part of it, is that most people, almost everyone in that room wasn't laughing at her. Yeah.
0: I, I I mean, I do love the Miss Collins death. I think that's, like, an iconic sort of death out of, like, everyone that we see. Because a lot of people are just, yeah. like, getting hosed down and, like, fall into a table. I'm like, well, you're not dead. You're probably just... Right. Like- <laughs> I
1: was like, that wouldn't kill me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, there was something else about Ms. Collins. I mean, she kind of, I love her in the principal's office, smoking that cigarette oh, and just walking God, around that. the principal. I'm like, what weird blocking this is, is to just, it yeah. almost, rem- they were like at a police precinct or something. And he's like, mm-hmm. and she's just like, you know, the top detective. And she's like, well, Carrie White, she's a weird one. And she's just bouncing around smoking that cigarette. I'm like, what's happening here?
1: I love it. I, I have to imagine because I feel like there's a lot of kind of absurdist kind of moments like that. I mean, the one that jumped the worst, the biggest offense, the one thing I'll forgive about this movie, so to speak, is the tuxedo scene, you know, oh where they like speed up. Like I was God. like, yeah, what is Unacceptable. It? All of the the, 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 the speeding up the dialogue moment. I was like, this is, so I feel like it's Brian De Palma. Everything is intentional. Mm-hmm. I, I think Uh, now I can kind of appreciate that all of that puts this movie off kilter a little bit on a way that I think benefits it. Even look at the, the way that so much of the lighting and whatnot, it looks like season one of drag race. It's like the Vaseline is on the lens and you know, there's just, I think even, you know, I think for example of like the scene when they're going to like kill the pig and the way that it starts and you're like, what am I looking at? It's like this animated landscape. And then as it pulls back further and further, you see that it's this like slaughterhouse. And I just think there's something so kind of like jarring about that. And I just think that they just keep doing that in this movie is creating these jarring, like, you know, blocking choices and lighting choices and whatnot to kind of create a a weird sense of reality. Like I don't feel like Carrie exists in reality. You know?
0: Yeah, that's interesting, and I feel that even just you saying that out loud. If if, if I was to like suggest someone to watch this movie to maybe like fill them in on that, like it's not it's not what you think it is, because like so many things, like you just said, that happen, and like even the character of Norma, who's just like like wearing that. Like propeller hat the whole time. I'm like, yeah. what? I kind of get it because like some people just have their thing in high school and that's what they wear all the time. But like even her prom outfit was like themed like that, and I just hated her. Um, but yeah, I I agree. There is some sort of sense of <sighs> otherworldliness. Yeah.
1: Yeah, even the fact that like Sue and Tommy like decide to have Tommy take her to the prom, like it, it, starts to feel like a fable, like an allegory. It's like, I, it's one of those things where I'm like, I guess I believe this as a choice, but it also, I'm kind of going along with it in the fable of Carrie. You know what I mean? Like I'm not questioning it. I'm not questioning, you know, how absolutely evil Chris Hargison is. You know what I mean? Like she's just. Though, like, she's not just a bully, she's like a, a sadist, you know? Yes. Um, and so it's just like, okay, all of this has to be on purpose. All of the, these broad strokes are so that we, you know, are to be noticed, you know?
0: Yeah, I I agree. I, she's just insufferable. Like, she can't concentrate on anything else except how much she hates Carrie White. I just hate Carrie White.
1: <laughs> I just hate Carrie White. Like, even as she's given Get Billy a blowjob. Yeah. Yeah. Nancy Allen as well, I think, you know, as Chris is, uh, certainly in, yeah, something I appreciated this time around was like, wow, this is a monstrous performance. Like, wow. I did, in terms of like evil high school bullies, she is way up there. But, um, yeah. in terms of Betty Buckley, cause there's a couple other moments I just want to highlight. So much of this movie is dedicated to Betty Buckley having a face journey yeah. and, uh, one moment that I love is when she's showing Carrie in the school bathroom, like how beautiful she is, and she's like, you know, and and you know, put a little, you know, eyeliner on, you know, bring your eyes out a little bit, you know, <laughs> yes, a little lipstick, yes, yes. you know, um, and look at your hair, beautiful hair, you know, just put it up a little, a little bit of a curl, and she's looking at Carrie, look at herself in the mirror, and the camera is zooming in on Betty, and Betty's, you know, obviously, you know, Miss Collins is enjoying the moment, but just as the scene is about to end, you see her face start to drop, and you know that it's like she's like, I don't trust the situation. Cause then the next scene is with Tommy and Sue and and she's like, what's going on here. And I love that we spend time with like Miss Collins's journey about this. And then she's talking to Tommy and Sue about it. And they're just like, we're not trying to hurt her, do anything. We just want to, you know, it's not about that. And at one point, Miss Collins, like, you can see her considering a different tactic of like instead of trying to appeal to their sympathies it, it's a total facial shift and then she says don't you think you're gonna look pretty ridiculous coming to the prom with carrie white like she's yes. appealing to what they all know is true you know yep.
0: yes yes that scene what is tommy doing in that scene i feel like he got the giggles and couldn't stop laughing as they were filming it because he's just laughing at everything maybe it's just like Dumb high school jock behavior, but I, I was trying to figure him out, and I think as a result of that, I missed a lot of what you just said with uh, Miss Collins. But I remember the line, "Don't you think you're going to look like? Let's all, mm-hmm. we're all like, let's all know or like acknowledge what you're doing. You're asking a girl who is less popular than you, and quote unquote less attractive than you. Like, w- why? Why?
1: Why are you? Yeah, doing Yeah, we all know that this doesn't add up. Yeah. Yes, yes. I think in terms of Tommy, I mean, William Cat. I I really appreciate it. It's actually a great performance. Yes. He is so good in this. And I think this scene, he's actually, I was really impressed because when she says, like, don't you think you're going to look, you know, ridiculous? And then Sue says, we don't care how we look. But then Tommy does care, but he can't say anything. (sighs) Like, it's this really conflicted thing. and, And he's like, well, I mean, you know. It's kind of like, what do you want me to say? Like, yeah, it's going to look ridiculous, but I'm going to do it, you know? And I just, I think that he is, I never, I don't think I've ever really appreciated like how genuine he becomes about Carrie. And, you know, when they're at the prom together, like I just, ugh, I swooned for him. I just swooned for William and Cat.
0: That was like five or ten minutes when they're just... Even when he asks her to the prom, like, the way that he's leaning on the door, and he's like, just just say yes. And it's not in, I mean, it's forceful enough because he wants to make it happen, but it's not, like, uncomfortable. I mean, she's uncomfortable as well, but, like, it's, it has that sort of, like, romantic comedy, like the guy chasing the mm -hmm. girl and not really giving up until he, you know, gets the date.
1: Right. I never felt like he was Pepe Le Pew, but it was, he certainly, (laughs) um... And, you know, it's, I think that whole subplot is actually kind of fascinating of Sue. I mean, because, like, as much as I love Miss Collins' narrative, I, Sue is one of my favorite characters, like, Mm -hmm. in a horror movie in general. I It's, in terms of a supporting female role, I think Sue is fascinating because, you know, A, Amy Irving, just a great performance. And I love in that first scene when she's Throwing the pads at Carrie and then Miss Collins grabs her and she's like, Sue, what are you, what are you doing? And you can see Sue start to like realize what she's, what she's gotten a part of. And so there's just this, like it's way more in the book again, but there's just this weaving through narrative of Sue growing up and realizing like this is wrong. And the only way she knows how to make amends is to give Carrie the prom experience and yep. talks Tommy into doing it. And, and who knows what, if, if it was like, you know, we don't really see what leads. We just see him finally saying, like, okay, fine, I'll do it. But um, we don't really know why he agrees. But I like the idea that maybe they're just nice people. Like, yes, yeah. In a movie full of awful human beings, teachers, students, random kids, you know, on their bikes. Like, maybe Sue and Tommy are just, like, good kids.
0: I feel like everyone knew you know, a Sue and Tommy in high school. Like, they are the popular mm-hmm. kids, but they're also nice. Like, they'll they'll talk to you during lunch, or they'll, you know, partner up with you in biology or something, by choice. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're just like, yeah. yeah, I happen to be really attractive and hot, but I'm also a normal, nice guy and gal, too. And mm-hmm. I, I do... Like you said, I, there, there's just more maturity there, like there, as opposed to, what's her face? What's her name again? The, the, the evil one? Chris. Chris, who is just like yeah. drunk with power because she's pretty and popular. And, you know, the Regina George type, um, who just kind of mm-hmm. leads everyone around, including a young Edie McClurg. Let's not forget. Oh. I just love that she's in this movie. I don't think I caught yes. that the first time around. And I looked it up. I was like, oh, that looks like Edie. And
1: it was... Helen yeah Edie McClurg another fabulous featured extra featured supporting player if you will in this movie yeah Um, she gets the the hairdressing scene which I loved
0: yes gotta love that and they're like
1: uh, you know they're like the what she's going with who yeah just a couple of biddies getting their hair dried (laughs) yes exactly Amy Irving. I guess the other thing I love about her, if we're going to talk about Betty Buckley and face journeys, is that once we get to the prom and that whole set piece of uh, you know of just the music and you know the preparing to pull the bucket and you know uh, all of that, I love how much of that is dedicated to Amy Irving, real like following the string and yep. realizing what's happening, and then Mrs. Collins, Miss Collins, seeing Sue, and like it's just this whole moment with like music and and not total slow mo, but slowed down slightly. And it's just about Amy Irving and Betty Buckley's faces. And I was like, this is two Pino DiNaggio score. Like, I was like, this is, this is what I showed up for. Like, this is what I want. I don't even need to see everybody die. I just need to see two supporting characters have moments together, you know?
0: Yeah. I, and, and of course, of course her like dragging her out of the gym because she thinks she's up to no good, but she's really saving or trying to save her. Um, It's great. I mean, I want to take just like a brief moment to talk about John Travolta just because like her and her, him and Chris together, like it's that sort of lady in the cage energy of just like Uh people that are just violent, but in love, but are also not right in the head. You know what I mean? Like just like the two of them together are poison (laughs) like for each other and for everyone around them.
1: They yes they are like again I mean as much as monstrous as she is I mean he's slapping her in the face or slapping yeah. each other you know and and it's so I think now I can appreciate that it's all exaggerated on purpose like I yes. can see now that like oh they're supposed to just be like almost like cartoon villains like it's yep. ridiculous. And, you know, and I feel like at this point, I don't know where he was in his career, but I there's something to me now that's so campy about John Travolta in this role, you know, like yeah. he's just one of those actors where you always see the actor, you know? That's um, true.
0: That's very true. And like tossing the beer across like into the other car and he just opens and I'm like, Whoa, this is, and the, even before yeah. they like give the final tug, I think Chris pulls the, the final, like on the cord there, they like slap each other one more time. I'm like, just enough of these two. And that's another right. very satisfactory death is the two of them just being completely blown off the road. <laughs> and then they, they blow up in their car. <laughs> yeah it's funny I, you know, to the, me i don't know why it's 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 great it is
1: the car speeds up like it's yes. a very like wacky um like wacky little moment and uh I, I will i it almost feels like i wanted more like again i think in the book they get a little bit more of a comeuppance mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. um it's so weird how like all of a sudden there they are in the car there's no dialogue and it's just like within 30 seconds they're dead yep it's great um It's great. Yeah. Uh, You know, I will say about John Travolta, I don't know why, but now, like, especially seeing him in this movie, are you familiar with his sister, Ellen Travolta? (laughs) No. Whenever I see him now, I just see, you should Google her because the way that they look the same is, like, now whenever I see him, I just see Ellen travolta ellen travolta
0: i'm gonna look it up now just to give me a little point of reference but um, yeah i i had no idea is she also an actress is she in the biz
1: yeah she's in she's in the biz yeah but it's like they the because he has such distinct features that it's just like oh you look like john travolta in drag
0: oh my gosh she was in greece as well yeah yeah i Mm -hmm. love that she kind of looks like my aunt linda she looks, yeah. uh, it's, uh, I could see it. I could
1: see it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I just thought, you know, if we don't talk, now we can, now we can put Ellen Travolta up for the Westons. Yeah. Some best guy, featured right. tangent. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, oh, um, well, all of this, you know, all of this talk of the prom and Miss Collins and the Sue, prom. of course, brings us back to the, the prom. Brings us back to the house. And I think, I mean, you know, as much as I think that Piper Laurie is great in the rest of the movie, I think the when she won it is when Carrie gets back to the house. And, I mean, Piper behind the door, I feel like I keep missing that nuance, but when Carrie's in the bathroom and the camera just passes Margaret hiding behind the door with the knife, good Golly, Miss Molly. Did you see that?
0: Of course. I. Oh, good. This is like a rare moment that like when I think the first time I saw it and then the second time too, I always laugh. And I don't know why that's Mm -hmm. my first thing because it is terrifying. But I love that she just stood there for who knows how long after chopping that carrot and going crazy downstairs that that was – And I just – there is – Something so delightfully terrifying and campy about that as well too, and like, but yeah, it it is also very scary. But I always like Oh
1: yeah, but the <laughs> wide eyes is so campy. It's yes. so ridiculous. It it really sums up. I think it, Carrie in one screen grab is that moment. It's campy. It's scary. It's ridiculous. It's it's not reality. Like it's. I feel like that. That that's the feeling I have. This entire movie is like. Even the prom, like it's it this there's a there's a fire hose dancing around spraying people, like it's ridiculous, you know. But yes, then we I we get really my favorite speech in this movie. I mean, I don't know how much of this, you know, uh, smelling a roadhouse whiskey, filthy hands running up all over my body. I liked it. How much. Did Brian De Palma direct Piper, and how much did Piper find the seventeen thousand nuances in this speech?
0: I know. I mean, maybe this is the like the actual debate. Like, if we were to take Beatrice Straits' monologue versus mm-hmm. this monologue, it's 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 hard. I don't. Even, I don't even want to think about that because there are, they're both brilliant in so many ways too. But like her performance, this is Piper, of course. Like, it's like operatic. The way, like she's on her knees, and even I wanted to mention this too. We're we're gonna go back up to the attic in a second, but as Carrie's getting ready and she's like tearing her hair out and like slapping her face, and then like thrusting Uh as she's praying, I was like, "This is so good. I love it. I love the choices." And it's the same thing upstairs too. She's on her knees and she cries during it. It is beyond.
1: Oh yeah, which is I think it's, it's filthy and backsliding. Like I always love that. I think it's filthy and backsliding. Like the poetry of this of this monologue, I I, I love it. it. Is it's operatic. It is so at a twenty seven. I mean, you know, Piper Laurie going to a twenty seven in a nightgown walked so that Tony Collette going in a, to a twenty seven in a nightgown could run. You know, yes, it's just. Best supporting nightgown acting. I, you know, uh, might be an episode. Yeah. I, there we go. I uh, yeah. I this moment is it's incredible. I would say it's a hard debate. It's a hard debate. We might have to have an episode where we play each monologue and we talk about you know nuance for nuance, which one of it packs in more. You know.
0: I know. I, it just gets better with time as well too, as they both do, both for Beatrice and and Piper too. But I. Uh, I mean, and then it's, like, all the candles are lit and just, like, the way that, you know, Carrie gets in the bathtub and, like, cleans up and it's, like, it's the final showdown. And, of course, she pulls out that,
1: that knife. Oh, well, and you know, Carrie, like, rolling down the stairs after getting yep. stabbed. And, and the music I mean, starts. It's, like, piano oh, music or music. something. Yeah, it's great oh, as soon that, as she's stabbed. Oh, that creepy piano, yeah. Oh, I and I mean... Margaret White's death scene is talking about opera, you know?
0: Yeah, and it's, like, it's the same... I, I, I don't know why I didn't catch this, because it's it's pretty obvious, too. Like, the the where the knives are placed on her, it's kind of like a sash of knives, is, like, the same way that the little Jesus statue was in the closet. You know, I was like, oh, that's mm-hmm. such a great touch.
1: Yeah, I love that. I love the, you know, yeah, the, the religious imagery of her dying like that. It just... And, and again, there is an edge of camp there, you know, that maybe even more of an edge, maybe a real rind of camp. And that's what I love about it. And I love Piper Laurie's face, just holding that pose. Like, it's as effective as those creepy, glowing Jesus eyes. That's the kind of thing that if you see Carrie as a kid, like what sticks with you, I think is the Jesus in the closet. That, the eyes. Uh, the eyes, especially that ending scene when the house is collapsing yep. and the music is just full throttle and it just shows just the glowing Jesus. I don't know how they did that. I don't know how they did that effect, but Ugh. I've seen a lot of crucifixes in my day. I went to did a lot of Catholic school, and that one's definitely the, the ookiest and the spookiest. <laughs>
0: yeah, it is. There's something weird about like a, you know, because you're used to seeing whatever sort of iconography of Jesus, whether it's like a, a painting or a, a portrait or a statue, but none of them look like that. So when you do see that, it's just like, who made this? But yeah, yeah, uh, figured I'm glad it exists in this movie because it, it adds to the overall creepiness of the house.
1: Yeah. A stray thought on on Ms. Yeah. Laurie. Um don't you feel that she has a bit of a Debbie Reynolds quality?
0: Yes. I can see that. Right. Yes. Right? Like I
1: could see them playing sisters. I could also see Debbie Reynolds playing Margaret White. I mean, if we're gonna keep playing that fantasy of like yes. who would play Margaret White. Um That of course, I mean, there have been a number of remakes of Carrie. Uh, Julianne Moore has played has played Margaret White. I haven't seen that version, but I heard she's great in it. That's Uh, interesting.
0: I thought you had seen that. Oh, have you seen that one? I have not.
1: Oh, okay. I was gonna with a Chloe Grace Moretz. Is that is that? Yeah, that's kind of what's stopping me. I don't. I'm not a big Chloe Grace Moretz fan. Ah.
0: thought i could have sworn you saw it i mean because i mean we both love julianne i'd be very interested to see i could see some of that voice work matching the energy of
1: piper Laurie. you know like her crying. yeah well and and uh another margaret white uh in 2002 i guess they did a remake and patricia clarkson played margaret white interesting yeah so uh and then of course um there was Carrie the Musical that I think you yes, would be remiss to not mention uh which Betty Buckley starred in as Margaret White. So how do you like I that connection? That.
0: Yes. That uh, that's a great sort of full circle moment.
1: Yeah. There is there are a lot of clips. I don't know if you've seen on YouTube the clips from Carrie the Musical. Have you seen any of it? I have
0: not. I've never sought it out.
1: Oh, it's fascinating. I think there I mean there's some people who do some great, you know, YouTube kind of channel documentaries on on the production. Like, it's definitely worth looking into. And there's a book, I think, called Not Since Carrie that's all about Broadway flops. Oh, but um, one of the details that I love the most is that all of the characters are wearing, it almost looks like, you know, togas in, like, you know, sort of Greco-Roman style, you know, outfits. And I may be getting this wrong, but allegedly the reason for that is because... um they told the, the, the inspiration that they gave the costume designer was Greece, as what? in the musical, and they interpreted it as Greek. Oh, my gosh. So they were saying, oh, we want them to be dressed in, you know, leather jackets and, you know, jeans and sneakers and all that. And they came back in togas.
0: I mean, I feel like that should have been corrected before they staged it. You know what I mean?
1: And maybe that's an exaggeration, but I love that. Uh, maybe that's a theater joke that I fell for. But, sure. Um, you know, <laughs> in any event, take that for what you will. But, yeah, and then, of course, there is the Rage Carry 2, in which Sue Snell's character comes back as a um, guidance counselor uh, to a, a new generation carry. and. Mm spoiler alert i've never watched it because things don't go well for miss snell
0: yeah we don't want to see that
1: i don't need to see that no no absolutely not um (laughs) my other favorite detail about carrie while we're talking about sue is that her mother priscilla pointer is Mm -hmm. amy irving's real life mother
0: oh i love
1: that so in the final scene, when Amy Irving is losing her shit and her mother is trying to calm her down, they had to dub over it. But you can see at one point she calls her Amy instead of Sue while she's like, oh, calm down. It's OK. It's OK, Amy. Oh, of I love Sue. That. I love that. I just I swoon to the moon over that. So if you watch closely, you can see her mouth saying Amy.
0: Ah, uh, that is crazy. That's cool. I love
1: that. Right? That she she got so caught up, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, the realism, I guess. And the one thing that I I did laugh at this time around, too, is like um, when Mrs. Snell's on the phone talking to whomever it is, and she's like, I just couldn't handle another reporter. You know, it's one of her friends that's calling, and she's like, well, Mm -hmm. you know, the doctor says that she's young enough that she's probably going to forget this. I'm like, you're never going to forget this, Sue Snell. Sorry. Sorry. I'm
1: seventeen. That's seventeen months old. Yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> but you know I I yeah mental health awareness in the seventies, yeah.
1: Right, right. But I, I do love that like Mrs. Snell gets like most of the last scene. I mean obviously Sue is losing her shit, but I just you know what I mean? Like the use <laughs> of supporting characters in important moments, you know?
0: Yeah, it's great. But I, I
1: had to laugh at that.
0: She'll get over it, right?
1: <laughs> She'll get over it. I think we're just gonna go away for a while. Yeah, that'll yes. do it. Yeah you know, um, go to Cape Cod for a week. That'll do (laughs) her good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, any other other thoughts or takeaways before, you know, we play Last Dance by Donna Summer and uh, wrap this prom up?
0: No, I feel good. I mean, I, I am energized and really intrigued and appreciate that we visited this movie, if not for the sake of, you know, giving Piper another shot of just being in the conversation and, and really me genuinely appreciating everything she does in this movie. I don't think I caught the full effect of it the first time around as you, you know, as you would, you you would miss certain things too. But this time I really got a chance to just concentrate on her and you know, we, uh, we came up with maybe a new future segment. So thanks Piper.
1: Yeah. Thanks for that Piper. Thanks for piping up Miss Lori. Uh, I think I had a similar experience with Betty Buckley. I think I, this time around, I mean, I love, I agree with everything you're saying. It's just like, what do you, what do you notice this time? And this yeah, time, yeah, it yeah. Was, um, Betty Buckley, It. I think I had a similar feeling of like, oh, in terms of like supporting female roles and the performances, this one is so good. Yeah. So, um, and obviously I knew that she was a great actress and a great singer. so it's kind of like, you know, no duh, but. <laughs> no, um, do yeah the boy and this
0: is to say of course we didn't really talk too much about her but sissy spacek is fucking amazing in this movie like i it's, yeah it's it's so easy to sort of pass over because not pass over but um you know well, obviously we're going to talk about the supporting characters in the movie but i i just think like for her age and what she does it, it's so grounded and so lived in and I mean, in some alternate universe, like, she would have won lead actress and Piper Laurie would have won. You know, I I just love that that fantasy of, you know, if they ever have, like, horror movie awards, which I'm sure they do, uh, I wish they were, like, more, like, publicly uh, broadcasted because I would love that.
1: I think there is... um... Well, we can look and see what she did win because there are horror movie awards and we, can all, we should also look at before we go because you're right. To have this entire conversation and not once really talk about Sissy Spacek who's incredible yeah. in this movie, um, let's, let's go and see what recognition she did get for this performance because I think as much as we are best supporting podcast, we're also here, about, here to support uh, Sissy Spacek who I don't yes. think we've really talked about on this podcast. Oh, we did. Uh, the in the bedroom episode. We oh got yeah, about. So, yes. And the help. She's um, in the help. Yeah. Oh, and she's in the help. So Sissy Spacek, you she's know, not around. for nothing. I think we've said enough about you. No, I'm kidding. All right, <laughs> let's take a look. So before we before we wrap things up, um, Sissy Spacek won. She was nominated for best actress in a supporting and a leading role, and Piper was nominated for best actress in a supporting role. That'd be fun to do an episode on all of the the double nominees. You know, the best actress and best yeah. supporting actress. She did win the Avoria's Fantastic Film Festival Special Mention uh, in 1977. Does that make you feel good? It does. It's helping, okay. yes. Uh, Piper Laurie did get nominated for a Golden Globe. Sissy Spacek was not nominated for a Golden Globe, so Whoa. whatever. Uh, she did win the National Society of Film Critics Awards, sh- and that's about it. But that means something. Sure. Um, it
0: was network's year, unfortunately. It but was I, network's I would love... year. here. I just I just love that both of them are nominated for this because I feel like in the grand scheme of like horror movie, you know, we have Misery, we have Carrie. Unfortunately, we don't have Hereditary, oh. but like, yeah.
1: No. Well, I I do have, you know, actually you're reminding me. Here I was trying to wrap things up. I got a few treat things we still got to talk about. And I have I found a list of all of the Uh, horror movie Oscar nominations. Oh, Ruth Gordon. Yes, I forgot about... I just had to throw that out there too, but go on. Yes. Yes, yes, but indeed. So, uh, lady horror movie nominations, which is the only thing that matters. Um, And we've talked about most of them. Sissy Spacek, Sigourney Weaver in Aliens, Mm -hmm. Jodie Foster in Sounds of the Lambs, Kathy Bates in Misery, Ruth Gordon in Rosemary's Baby, Tony Collette in The Sixth Sense, not hereditary, that's okay. Uh, Patty McCormick and I- Eileen Heckert for the bad seed, uh, and Nancy Kelly for the bad seed. How do you like that? Three ladies in one uh, horror movie, and we I talked love about that. it. Yes, yes. Um, and oh, I already said Jodie Foster. Um, oh, they listed her twice. Oh, I guess maybe that's just an error. Anyway, Janet Lee in Psycho, Ellen Burstyn in The Exorcist, Linda Blair in The Exorcist, and Glenn Close in Fatal Attraction, if you will. I
0: love that list.
1: Yeah. That's a list. So that's that's the list. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it is worth noting while we're talking about nominations that indeed Sissy Spacek did not win and lost to Faye Dunaway in Network. So there yeah. is another, you know, best actress, best supporting actress, you know, pairing. But they yeah. won. Uh, and her uh, competition that year was Liv Ullman in Face to Face, Talia Shire in Rocky, Marie-Christine Barrow in Cousin cousin. Why do you give me these names? I can't say. Um, And Faye, and she won. So, there you go. Well,
0: speaking of award shows, it sounds like we're getting played off, unfortunately. It happens every time.
1: I didn't even notice this time. Eagle Ear is over here.
0: I know, I heard it. I heard it this time, yeah. I saw the baton being lifted.
1: I was, yeah, I was too busy looking at the playbill. I was doing the trivia in the back. Yes, yes. Well, while we're getting played off, where can folks find more of you?
0: They can find more of me on my other podcast, The Good Vanilla, which is a Barefoot Contessa podcast that comes out every Thursday. And uh, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Nick Kachanov. How about you,
1: Colin? Well, you can find more of me on All Right Mary, talking about Drag Race and Dragula and spooky movies and et cetera and so forth. You can find me on In the Details all this month, talking about spooky nuances And you can find me on Twitter at Colin Drucker, Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. And, of course, you can get more of both of us in a best supporting capacity on Twitter.
0: Or you can send us an email at thebsapod at gmail.com.
1: And keep your papers peeled because the Best Supporting After Show is coming out tomorrow. And I know for a fact that we have a lot to catch up on and a lot to discuss. So I don't know why you deprive yourself from listening. I can't
0: wait. So much to talk
1: about. I can't wait either. I can't wait either. I can't wait. Well, I don't have to wait, but they will. But it's just a day. And that, as they say, is that...